Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, welcome back. Listening to The Fix, I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, hanging out with you here on a Monday, live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Busy Monday to come back to from the weekend, which is always a good thing. Um, obviously, the national title game, which we've talked about for first half hour of this show. Phillies headed to the Super Bowl per Philly Sports Twitter. Uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> well, maybe they are. World Series is what I meant to say. I have NFL on my mind as I have our NFL Eagles insider John McMullen on the phone now. So Phillies are in action, looking to win their fourth straight game to start the season. The Flyers are in action, if anyone cares about them. But we know everyone cares about the Eagles and NFL. So let's get to that now, just like we do every night at 7.30 on The Fix. Follow John at J.F. McMullen. Uh, and the debut show, Johnny Mack of Birds 365 this morning at 8 a.m. How did it go, man? Well, we're not we're not Phillies good, but I thought it was a good first step. I I, I think we're on pace to go one sixty two and out, maybe three sixty five and out, but we'll see. Yeah, you know the realistic expectations. So I'm glad that's that's outlined for you. You know. Um, all right. So big news that took place earlier this afternoon and. You know, not surprising, but big nonetheless. The New York Jets trade quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks. John, fill us in on that. Yeah, I mean, both were uh, pretty evident. I, I mean, the Jets, and it's it's kind of comical if you think about the way this offseason is going with people claiming, oh, we're not necessarily going to trade Sam Darnold uh, hey, go back to Carson Wentz. We're not necessarily going to trade Carson Wentz, blah, blah, blah. But you knew it was going to happen. Uh, you knew it was going to happen for the Jets, just a matter of when, not if. And, you know, they're going to take Zach Wilson at number two overall. And they trade him to the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, second-round pick, fourth-round pick in 2022, only a six-round pick this year. So, not a ton considering, you know, this is a, a former top five pick, number three overall. So uh, that has to be a little bit disappointing. But uh, he was coming off a, a really bad season, coming off really a, a really bad start to his career, which uh, we'll get to that in a little bit uh, and why Carolina thinks he can turn it around. But from the Panthers' perspective, they're, I mean, they've been all in. They, they wanted to get Matthew Stafford. They struck out there. Uh, they wanted to, to make a big move for Deshaun Watson, and the legal stuff kind of mucked that up, uh, and they end up with Sam Darnold. Uh, they just wanted an upgrade over Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, which is also understandable. Um, from the Eagles' perspective, though, it's interesting because Carolina is one of those teams that if you hit the draft later this month, well, they might have taken a quarterback or moved up to get a quarterback, whatever, if they couldn't acquire one. And 
you think about the Eagles now at 12 behind Carolina, well, that meant uh, a, a, a position player would, would probably fall a slot, but now you can't guarantee that because now the Carolina Panthers are obviously not going to take a quarterback. Now, other teams can trade up into that spot. You can still see the same number going, but it does complicate things a little bit for the Eagles and probably how they envision this board going uh, when they move down from from six to number twelve, I, I think that's that's fair to say. Uh, so, how does that impact the Eagles? And then, you know, in a few minutes, we'll also just get the overall impact for the draft. But uh, how does this throw a wrench into the Eagles' plans? Well, uh, you know, there's if you think about the top eleven of this draft, you kind of knew four quarterbacks are going to go, um, and maybe five. Uh, so uh, you can do the math. And if five quarterbacks go in those first 11 picks, well, that only means six position players can go. Uh, and, you know, the Eagles are probably pretty comfortable with whoever they think that seventh best uh, position player is, so to speak. And now there's no guarantee uh, that that fifth quarterback is going to be taken. I, I, I still think it's yeah, more, far more likely than not. In fact, I'm going to go, I'm not even going to say that. It's 100% four are going. Uh, it's going to go one, two, three. We know that quarterback, quarterback, quarterback for only third time in history. It could go quarterback, 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 quarterback for the first time in history. It could go four straight. Uh, and we'll see. I think, you know, Mac Jones is um, the question mark and, and, and Trey Lance as well. So you have to figure out where those guys go. A lot of people think San Francisco went up to three to get Mac Jones, which I think is going to shock some people uh, if they do go that route. But if they don't, they're going to take Justin Fields. And then you start talking about where do Mac Jones and, and, and Lance land. And if they land before the Eagles pick, it helps the Eagles. No question about it. Or it makes things worse because then Howie has a tough decision to make and he was like, damn, I, I traded out of six to, you know, <laughs> be forced to take a lineman. Now I'm going to have all this <laughs> wide receiver talent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, look, he can't be concerned with optics. He, I, I mean, he just can't. I don't think he is. I, I, I think I'm pretty fair to Howie. I, I don't think he's going to fall for that. Um, you know, yes, fans want a wide receiver. If anything, it, it, it looks more and more likely that one of them's potentially going to be there. Uh, certainly not Jamar Chase. Uh, certainly not Kyle Pitts. But one of the Alabama kids, I, I think, you know, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell, I think one of them's going to be there at 12. And I don't think the Eagles are going to take him. I've been pretty consistent with that and I think it's going to upset a lot of people but look uh, I mean that's you know Howie's job is is not to make um you know people only look at skill position people happy there's other parts of the game that we've talked about what this organization believes and I think they've been correct in that and I think they continue to be correct in that and if you know Rashawn Slater is there Elijah Vera Tucker somebody like that I, I mean 
again, you fast forward 10 years, you're probably, it's always a crapshoot, no guarantees, but as, you know, you're probably going to be, you're probably going to be happier with that offensive line in the long term. All right, John, and I want to get your thoughts a little bit more on the impact. But first, I I do want your thoughts more on the trade. And, you know, my question question that comes to mind among some others is why, if you're the Carolina Panthers, are they viewing Sam Darnold? I mean, you're giving up three draft picks. Um, Do they view this as, okay, we're going to bring Sam in here because we believe in him and we'll see if he's able to sort of turn it around? Or is this just like a one-year, they still have Bridgewater, so they're going to compete for the job, I would imagine. Like, does this trade make sense? How do you grade it all? Well, I I, I do think it makes sense uh, from the aspect of they were trying to upgrade the the quarterback position. They wanted to move on, and they will. Now they're in that role. They're going to play that card and say, and they already have started, say we're going to do what's right for uh, Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to talk up a competition, but they're trying to move them. They're trying to trade them. Uh, Denver had some interest before. Maybe they'll bite. Uh, if not, they'll probably release them. Uh, Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback. So, you know, from their perspective, I, I think they look at it as a former, as I mentioned, top five pick. And look, they're going to put the eggs in the Adam Gase's horrific basket. And they might be right. I mean, he's really bad. And uh, you have uh, some history already with Ryan Tannehill. You look at Ryan Tannehill under Adam Gase, it wasn't good. And you look at Ryan Tannehill post-Adam Gase, it's really good. So I, I think that's what they're looking at and saying, um, this is a really talented kid and, and maybe – he hasn't been destroyed from a confidence perspective. You can start to rebuild him and, and, and hopefully turn the corner. I do think, and I mentioned this on Twitter, you have people saying, you know, Joe Brady is obviously uh, in Carolina as the offensive coordinator. People might remember he got uh, one of the first interviews to be the Eagles head coach. Uh, very young guy, became sort of a star in the profession at LSU, and I, I saw a number of, number of people saying, oh, Brady's going to fix, uh, you know, Sam Darnold's going to be a, a star now. I, I, You know, people need to stop with that stuff about offensive coaches being able um, to flip the switch on, on players. I, I mean, these same people, a lot of these same people, we're telling you how great Adam Gase was right? Uh, after, you know, Peyton Manning and after 600 points and 50 touchdowns, he was a heck of a lot more hyped than Joe Brady. So I, I would just say, and that's, by the way, that's not a criticism. I find it very hard to believe that, that Brady's the worst coach than Adam Gase because Adam Gase is among the worst I've ever seen. I'm just saying, you know, be careful with that kind of stuff. Just because you have a lot of talent and you put up numbers, it doesn't mean you're a good coach, and it doesn't mean you can fix a, a flawed player. Uh, and I see too much of that, and I think it's unfair to both the player and the coach, to be honest. 
talking with John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. We do this every night at 7.30, Monday to Friday. All right, so quarterback, 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 Jacksonville Jets, 49ers. We can say that with uh, relative confidence there. You have the Falcons at four, the Bengals at five, the Dolphins now at six, the Lions at seven, Carolina at eight. Um, you know, putting you on the spot a little bit, but just like quickly, how do you see those those four picks going the best of your ability? Well, I, you know, the first start, you're right. We can go 100%. 100% with uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and, and Zach Wilson at 1-2. Then you start to question which quarterback at 3. Is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Justin Fields? But you know a quarterback is going. Uh, if it is Mac Jones, then I think you have a chance to have Justin Fields, 1-2-3-4, and have quarterbacks. I do not think Atlanta would take Mac Jones. So a lot depends on sort of the domino uh, uh, effect of that. Uh, and, and then you have to start talking about the position players and when do they start to come off the board or who comes up. And now you have uh, a Denver, for instance. Uh, look, the pickings are slim outside the draft now. You're starting to talk about the Gardner Minshews of the world, the Nick Foles of the world. So you're not really going to improve yourself uh, through the trade market. Sam Darnold was kind of the last uh, domino to fall there as far as a guy with at least some upside that you could kind of talk yourself into him being a, a star quarterback. Um so now you have to, if, if you're New England, uh, if you're Denver, you have to start talking about moving up in the draft. And that's where teams like Cincinnati um, and even Detroit, which obviously has Jared Goff, um, you know, they might start talking about getting out to take advantage of the situation. And even Atlanta, for that matter, if they don't want to take a quarterback, they might want to get out to take advantage of that situation. So um, I think you're going to see a lot more upheaval. Um, and, and it's interesting because everybody is understandably trying to take advantage of, as I said, this, these quarterback desperate teams. So there could be chaos on, on draft day, especially for the first round, the first 10 to 15 picks. Um, you know, is there a chance that the Eagles could move back up on draft day? Is there any scenario? I know that's not likely or maybe even at the top of their list, but uh, opportunities always arise that maybe are unexpected. Yeah, I mean, they have the capital to do it. Uh, they have 11 picks, and we know how much they have next season, even more. Uh, so they have the ability to do whatever they want. So if there is a player... Uh, where they say, okay, we're going to get this player. But, I mean, I think it's Evan. And if they wanted, you know, fans are not going to like this again. If they wanted Jamar Chase, if they wanted Kyle Pitts, they would they would have hung at six and, and, and to see what happened. So I don't think it's those players. Uh, who knows what they think uh, of Sewell? Um, you know, that's the type of player that h historically – 
if they do uh, evaluate him and say, okay, this guy's going to be a star left tackle in this league for 10 years and he starts to fall, maybe. Um, but I, I, I don't um, – I don't think he's going to get that far. I don't think it's going to get to a situation where they say, okay, he's starting to slip to us. Let's go up and get it. It's sort of a mini Andre Dillard. That's what happened with Andre Dillard a couple of years ago. The Eagles really didn't even scout Andre Dillard that much because they didn't think he'd be anywhere near them. And all of a sudden he started to fall uh, during the draft day and, a lot of people say they made a mistake because they wanted to get a player they didn't do a lot of due diligence on because they were shocked he fell as far as he did. Um, so there's two ways you can kind of look at that type of maneuvering. Um, but I, you know, I, I find it very hard to believe they'll move back up considering they moved down. Yeah, I, I agree. I would just imagine if it was an opportunity where they don't have to trade any of the picks that they have for next year. So, you know, they, they trade out a six, they acquire more assets. If we're, you know, doing Sam Hinkie, um, you know, slang here. And then they have an opportunity to move up by trading the, uh, a later round pick or two, if that makes sense. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, you know, look, if you can move up a couple spots by giving up, you know, the fourth round pick, they got back. You know, you don't want to give up. You don't want to mess with that 37 pick. Remember, this this team has a whole heck of a lot of holes. So they got to fill a lot of areas. You know, we've joked in the past, Ryan, you know, throw a dart at the dartboard, you're going to hit a need. And they need bodies. And I've said in a lot of ways that pick at 37 is just as important as, you know, the, the first round pick, which is now 12 and was six because you need a starter at that position as well. So you don't want to mess with that um, and start to get too cute uh, because you need multiple bodies and multiple uh, positions. And remember by moving down from six to 12, the indication is, okay, the Eagles have looked at this, and they're going to be comfortable with a guy who's going to be there. Um, now, again, you can always be surprised and always be somebody who takes gets taken much uh, quicker than you assumed. Uh, but my guess is that they have a, a, a guy, their eyes on a player that they have a pretty good indication is going to be there. And that's why I've looked at, at certain players that, maybe haven't been as uh, high-profile like Vera Tucker, like Quiddy Pay, um, and, and even J.C. Horn, somebody like that. Um, they're, they're, you know, they probably have those three guys on their board, and they'd be comfortable taking any of the three would be an example. How many teams ahead of the Eagles could realistically draft – Waddle and Devontae Smith. I mean, you have the Panthers now, obviously could. The Dolphins, um, you know, the Bengals are rumored to go with Jamar Chase. We'll see. You know, but but then you have, you know, there's really only a few teams there where you say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so how many teams realistically in your mind, John, could get those two wide receivers? Well, I think three 
um, right off the bat would be, uh, as you mentioned, Cincinnati. Um, and, 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 you know, don't forget uh, about uh, the Detroit Lions. They have nothing at wide receiver. Uh, and Miami, I mean, once at five, once, you know, Jamar Chase. So you, you have that Cincinnati situation. So let's say Cincinnati does want to reunite Chase um, with uh, Joe Burrow. Well, what does Miami do at that point? Do they just default to Pitts, uh, a different type of receiver? We've talked about his uniqueness, not really a tight end, more of a weapon, more of a flex receiver. Or do they go with a real receiver? And do they go the Alabama route and say, okay, we didn't get Chase, so we're going to get Waddle or Smith. And then Detroit, I mean, Detroit has to, has to take a receiver almost. Um, so I, I would say of those three teams even, because Miami is going to take a receiver as well, but they might take Pitts if that's the best available. Um, with, with the Lions, I mean, they almost have to take a wide out after losing Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. So, um, and remember, they have to give Jared Goff some some weapons. So, I think that of those three teams, um, they're even more likely than even Miami, almost a hundred percent. You never want to be in that position. Uh, you always want to have sort of insurance. One of the reasons I think the Eagles are still going to sign a corner somewhere in free agency is just to have that insurance, so you don't feel pressured to do it at a certain uh, spot. Talking with John McMullen and the impact uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles from the news today, Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers from the New York Jets. Uh, a couple more here for you, John, before we let you go. A couple days ago, I saw ESPN's Todd McShay uh, talk about you know his mock draft, if you will, one of many versions, I'm sure. But he said Mika Parsons to the Eagles – uh, at 12, and you and I talked about this in the past as well, um, he's getting more and more intriguing to me, Parsons is. And we both mentioned, you in particular, uh, that this staff is hopefully going to have a little bit more of an emphasis on that linebacker position, which just could be 1% compared to the 0% prior. Um, but has that grown in your mind at all, like the likelihood of the Eagles going with Parsons? No, it, it hasn't for the reason that, uh, you know, it depends. Uh, I, I do think the new coaching staff will have a little bit more of an impact. If you look at Jonathan Gannon, where he's come from, Indianapolis, uh, you know, Darius Leonard is the key part of that defense as a three-down linebacker. And then you go back before Indianapolis, he was with Minnesota, and he had two, uh, Anthony Farr and Eric Kendrick. So, um I, I do think they'll value the position more. I just I, I look at Parsons and I see an edge rusher. I, I don't see a linebacker. So I, I think what the Eagles will be looking for is the the Leonard or the Kendricks type, the guys who can do it all. Um, and, and I don't see Parsons as a coverage linebacker. I, I just don't think he's that player. Not to say he's not talented. I think it's you're a three, four team and you put them on the edge, you can do a lot of things for you. I just, I, I don't see the fit 
with the Eagles. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that before, and and you know, McShay says, you know, I, I, I'm not saying I believe him. I I just think it's an interesting like debate or conversation. You know, he says he's not just a sideline to sideline run defender. Defender, he can cover and he can also rush the passer. Uh, and he ran that four three nine, John, in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, so, wow. <laughs> he eva- I, like I said, I mean, it's all about evaluation. He evaluates differently. He sees, I right. guess, he sees Devin White. I don't see Devin White. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> no. Look, if it's that type of player, and really that's what you're talking about with Leonard and, and Kendricks as well, that's the type of linebacker you want if you're running a. a a Jonathan Gannon defense, which in theory is going to be like, you know, part Matt Eberflus, part Mike Zimmer. Um, so you can kind of get a feel. And I, I you know, look, I, I just don't see him as that type of player. I see him as an edge rusher. Um, and, and by the way, maybe if the Eagles think, because there's not, they need an edge rusher. They need to start turning over that position. That's where I put what he pay in the conversation as well, uh, who's more of a, a natural, obviously, defensive lineman. Um, but if they evaluate him as an edge rusher and say, yeah, he could play on the end, he could play defensive end, maybe maybe that's how they would pick him. But I, I don't, you know, God bless Todd, I just don't see that. I, I don't see Devin White when I see Micah Parsons other than as you mentioned, he can run. I don't see the instincts. I, I just don't see that. Yeah, no, and it's um, it, it is a little bit of a risky type of pick. And Parsons is lighting it up right now, and you know the pro day that he had and everything else and the the potential. But if you're looking at it from Howie's standpoint, the Eagles front office standpoint, if you have any doubts um, with Parsons as a pass defender at that position then it's a little bit too risky you go with that quote-unquote safe choice uh, that we've discussed that you've outlined John which is in the trenches uh, at offensive line so less than a minute left to wrap it up that's where you're still going right your last mock draft was uh, Vera Tucker and you're still sticking with that uh, for now yeah I, I mean we got <laughs> I, as we say all mock drafts are uh Nobody prints anything, but not even worth if you did print it. The paper it's printed, and today's another perfect example. Every mock draft was ruined uh, because the Jets made the trade. Now the Panthers aren't in the quarterback conversation, so everybody's got to throw it in the trash and start over. Digital trash, but you get the point. Uh, and this will continue throughout the process, and we'll see how it shakes out as we get closer. But, I, you know, because I cover the Eagles and everybody loves Eagles mock drafts, I, I have to do them. But I only do, every year, I only do one first-round mock draft, and that's right before the draft, because doing it any other time is even more worthless than the worthless <laughs> doing it right before the draft. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sick and tired of the mocks. You already know my stance on yeah. this overall process, but... Um, Listen, it's winding down, and when anything uh, breaks news-wise like it did today, it's certainly interesting, and there certainly will be a domino effect. We just have to wait and see now exactly what that domino effect will look like 
come draft day. We'll have you covered every step of the way as John joins me every night at 7.30. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. New show debuted this morning, Birds 365. Um, J-Mac and J-Mac. John and Jody Mack there, so an excellent duo. You can catch them every Monday to Friday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., phillyvoice.com, YouTube channel for Jacob Media, uh, extending the play every Saturday at 10 a.m., si.com, phillyvoice.com. All right, John, go get ready for this national title game. too much to do. You do, man. you got way too much to do. All right, get out of here. There he is, Johnny Mack. He has way too much to do, but it's because he's good at at what he does. I'm working towards having that problem, hopefully one day. All right, let's get to a break. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.